Jimmy Deans. It's pretty much all I eat. Presents, not really, the yearbook, internet sportscast, to quote American Dad. Because the economics of TV have changed, Steve. He talks just like me. I'm Doug, says in the yearbook at Hotmail.com. This is always for nurses and flight attendants. I am awful at picking games, any games. I'm not being modest. This is the truth. Because you can name all the franchises in St. Louis, friends automatically think you can pick games. I cannot. Which is why we didn't end the last podcast with the big Super Bowl pick. No one wants to hear who I pick, nor should they. But things we should have seen coming. There were a lot of things we should have seen coming that didn't happen, like the Buccaneers legendary Tom Brady continuing to play not greatly right into the Super Bowl. That didn't happen. But things we should have seen coming. The Chiefs' self-destruction. Kansas City has often not looked dominant, especially on defense, but they've also sometimes looked scared, as in, whoa, they figured us out, and or out of sorts on offense. That happens to everyone, but Kansas City, while winning games by a 1,000 points, still seem to make too many mistakes a noticeable number of times, and that can come back to haunt you in a playoff. Secondly, the law of averages. Those stats that Chiefs quarterback Patrick Mahomes had yet to lose an NFL game by double digits, those stats are amazing, and I don't like throwing that word around. To have a quarterback who's been playing NFL games for three-plus years to never once suffer a blowout. Forget the blowout. To never once lose a game by 10 points. To never once have a team drive down and seal the game with a cheap field goal in the last few seconds to win by 10. To have that never happen to him in three-plus years as a starter is incredible. So with a run like that, the numbers say the epic collapse was coming at some point, and the numbers very likely say the epic collapse was going to come on the biggest stage at the worst possible time. Full credit to the Buccaneers, who are the first ones to truly stop Mahomes and the Chiefs with a lot at stake. No matter where Mahomes threw, Travis Kelsey, Tyree Kill, the Buccaneers were already there. This was a complete butt-stomping, and nothing I'm about to say would have changed that. However, the Chiefs look completely and utterly unprepared The defense was bad. The special teams were bad. They had no answers on offense. They did everything the book says you're not supposed to do to beat good teams. They got suckered into fights. They committed bad penalties. They committed special teams penalties. They committed penalties that gave said good teams second chances. Tampa Bay, in pretty much the same situation, used the exact same just-before-halftime strategy. Throw the bomb! that they had used against the Packers two weeks ago. They even threw it to the same exact side of the field, and Kansas City wasn't ready for it. One of the Buccaneers' biggest plays in the NFC Championship game to get to the Super Bowl to play the Chiefs, a play from 14 days ago, and the Chiefs let it happen. Kansas City also cost themselves by lining up in the neutral zone, meaning they didn't know where the line of scrimmage was exactly. Kansas City had poorly timed inconsistency in recent seasons, but Sunday, they looked like they hadn't talked to each other in two weeks. What have they been doing? Then came the penalties. The Chiefs damaged themselves plenty, but all season, officials let defenses roughhouse with receivers. That's fine. And Tampa Bay got to the Super Bowl with a plan to successfully do just that just two weeks ago. 
But the Super Bowl officials called at least one cheap pass interference and one cheap holding in coverage on Kansas City all before halftime even got here. The Chiefs' Tyron Matthew was flagged for trash-talking Tom Brady also before halftime. But Tom Brady was not flagged for then chasing down Matthew to trash-talk him right back. This marked the first time in sports history that the person who reacted didn't get caught. As in, officials never see the person who started it. It's the person who reacts who always gets caught. The fact that Brady did not get flagged is inexplicable. The officials gave Kansas City a makeup call late in the fourth quarter, calling Tampa Bay for taunting, but by then it was way too late. That penalty didn't affect anything, not even possession of the ball. Again, the Chiefs looked like a Chiefs coach's worst nightmare. They were not ready for anything, and the referees did not have a good day. But the Bucs were winning this game anyway, and they proved it by dominating again in the second half after Casey had the time it takes to perform an entire concert to make any adjustments. You could talk about the Chiefs' injuries, including the recent injury to Mahomes, but Tampa survived a community hospital's worth of injuries just to win the NFC Championship game and get to the big game. And, oh yeah, the Buccaneers became the first Super Bowl team to have home field advantage and win the Super Bowl with home field advantage. But honestly, the, the stadium didn't seem to have much of an impact. The Buccaneers would have won that game by a 1,000 uh, no matter where it was played. What's IndyCar points champion and living legend Scott Dixon doing this offseason? No one knows, and that's part of the problem. I'm surprised that Real Sports, HBO Real Sports, which does do in-depth sports stories that don't involve Tom Brady or Tiger Woods, I'm surprised Real Sports hasn't taken 12 minutes to do a story on an IndyCar driver. There are some really terrific stories in IndyCar, but even way before COVID, even the drivers with the most mainstream potential haven't even gotten to stand in the background of an auto zone in an auto zone commercial. Yeah, yeah, James Hinchcliffe. He is the national spokesman for Honda, but wrong guy to be representing IndyCar. And that hasn't paid off in any extra publicity. Are the 2019 2020 Miami Heat canon? The Heat are the ones responsible for the Milwaukee Bucks not making last year's NBA Finals. Whatever happened to the Bucks? The number five seed Heat upset the number one seed Bucks in only five games in last year's playoffs. Then later, eventually, the Heat played better against the Lakers in the finals than they had any right to. But this year's Heat, supposedly even better, are under 500 and in the bottom five of the entire Eastern Conference. No. Oh. The 2019-2020 Heat are canon. You can't disregard the bubble playoffs. The NHL playoffs were intense as usual. The Dodgers and Rays seemed about right for the World Series. The Lakers were great. Plus, I love the NBA's attitude of, you want better hotel rooms? Then play better. The bubble's canon now. The key to what's going on with the 2021 Heat might be to rewind this podcast back five sentences. Miami was the number five playoff seed last year. They were good, but not great. And they were even worse than that in January 2020, February 2020, and part of March 2020. The Heat were under 500 during those months, thus the number five seed, before eventually marching through the playoffs. So maybe Miami was never that good to begin with? It looks that way, but it's so too early to say that yet. If the Heat 
right now, if the Heat had just three more wins right now, they'd be the number five seed in the playoffs. Or did home field advantage have an impact? The Buccaneers played the Super Bowl at their home stadium, and according to the organization that ran the stadium for the game, this Super Bowl set a record for in-stadium spending on merchandise. The average fan who was actually at this year's Super Bowl average spending $80 on merchandise. That's the record? $80? Reportedly, t-shirts alone were $45, and that sounds low. Plus, fans, I don't know if this is true, but fans supposedly were armed with $255 gift cards as a make good because reportedly this year's Super Bowl lacked the usual uh, stuff to do. So even with 255 allegedly free dollars, fans only spent an average of $80 on super cute merch? Uh, well, nonetheless, that's the record apparently. And you would think the record was set by a stadium full of Tampa fans who live six miles from the Super Bowl who are pulling for the local team and buying up all the local team's pogs at the in-stadium stores. Good to see Dr. Galakowitz. Yes, I am. Back at it for Bud Light. It was a Super Bowl commercial. Look it up. He is the guy from Ocean's Eleven. And also Franklin and Bash and Rizzoli and Isles. And iZombie. Same Bud Light commercial, different thing. The uh, I love you man guy. He was actually funnier than he ever was when he had his own ads. And did the Bud Knight get Jar Jarred? Was he written out of Bud Light? It is impossible, at least for us, to know if the Bud Knight character was popular or not. Some metrics say he wasn't. Other accounts say he was. But the Bud Knight was knocked off a cliff. In the commercial. Of course, two years ago, at the Super Bowl, he also died.